0: To another episode of Let's Talk About the Facts with me I'll still and today I have an extremely special guest with me. So special, in fact, she has been mentioned on the podcast many times before. Some people believe she does not exist, but guess what? Today we are telling you she does. It is my gorgeous and wonderful sister-in-law. Hey,
1: who thinks that I don't, I don't exist?
0: People that uh, know me but don't know that I have a family. Oh, makes sense. But this is Jennifer. I'm Fury. real. She's real. I think I'm real. <laughs> you know, it goes really well with the topic today, which, by the way, she does not know anything about. So uh, Jennifer is here to listen to a ghost story. with a love twist. Right? It's a very much a love twist. Okay. I've told her it was a love story and she didn't know about the ghost part. And so she's hoping I don't take her down the spooky path. Too hard, but I also might have lied. That's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great. I'm assuming this is not gonna be very
0: hallmarky. I feel like it would make a fantastic Hallmark movie. Let's get Daphne Zuniga in here. It'd be perfect. Okay. Maybe for the movies and mysteries channel. Yes, movies Go. and mysteries, but Hallmark nonetheless. Or maybe Lifetime. Mm, okay, gotcha. Yeah, Lifetime, eat this up. But this episode is The Ghosts of the Allen House. Ta, ta ta So let me give you some context before we hop into it, right? Okay. So we're going to skip a bit back to the before times, but not even the before times. It's more like the before four times, 2007. Like, mm. that's several economic recessions ago. We were so young, so wild and free. <laughs> so much heartache has yet to happen. <laughs> so much hope for the future. Barack Obama declares his candidacy for presidency. Uh, you know what? That that sentence hurt me because I couldn't say it. But Barack Obama is on the presidential ticket. There you go. Phineas and Ferb premieres.
1: Okay, I'm not a, a watcher, but I know what it is. I love that I know show. The
0: song. Yeah, I love that show. Um, Less so, the Big Thing Theory premieres. I never watched that show, but you Neither. know, a lot of people did. And this was the year of the prequel. We had Spider-Man 3, (laughs) Shrek the 3rd, and Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Box office domination. We also had the Sopranos end with the infamous Cut to Black.
1: Okay, I've heard of that.
0: We also had the Writers Guild go on strike, as they should. They should have. Mm -hmm. And several very, like, I guess pivotal deaths happened. Um where we all were starting to get to that place where we realize our own mortality so like Kurt Vonnegut uh, Sidney Sheldon, Jack Valente who was the one who created the film rating system oh okay yeah so like why things are PG or PG-13 you know Uh, Jerry Falwell, Tammy Faye Mesner (laughs) Which, let me tell you, I only know who that is through pastiches. Like, anytime someone has made a Tammy Faye Mesner joke, that's how I know who she is. Like, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race uh, Snatch Game, that's when I first was introduced to who she was. I feel bad about that. No, I don't. But, yeah. And uh, Merv Griffin, also died in 2007. The biggest tragedy, well, no, not biggest. There were several tragedies, but a big tragedy was the Virginia Tech campus shooting Mm. and the tragic death of 32 persons and 17 wounded. Very unacceptable, not okay. Um, But we're also going to travel down to a state that I often find cases from, Arkansas. It's also where I am right now. (laughs) And it's hilarious that I do gather cases from Arkansas. I spent many years here, so many years. And my dear brother and sister-in-law live there with their children, and so it's kind of like these things just pop into my head or something. So now I have to share them with all of you. So here we go. Okay, okay. It's like you live here in Arkansas.
1: I have lived here my whole entire
0: life. It's crazy. hmm And because I've left, it feels like Robert's lived here most of his life. But he has,
1: because... We moved here. He was in the sixth grade. Yeah. And until yeah. I forty,
0: so yeah. Oh man, that forty year birthday party is gonna be a bash. <laughs> um I'm just putting that in, manifesting that.
1: I feel like it'll it'll be more of that episode of Parks and Rec, um <laughs> where where he thinks he's getting a party, but then she opens the door, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like, Here, eat your steak and watch your <laughs> movie. I like I I think that's probably mm-hmm. more
0: That's a bash. Yeah. Where it's like, we will leave you alone for an entire weekend. The, the most introverted person. Yeah. Uh, perfect. That's what I'm thinking. So, speaking of introversion, you know what else is introverted? Ghosts. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Let's take that hard left okay. into ghosts. Okay. So, we're going to start at the beginning of the story, but it's not really the beginning of the timeline of events but the beginning of this beautiful story of a family trying to find a place to live so we have a professor this professor's name is mark spencer and he has a lovely wife i assume she's lovely named rebecca and they have three children they're trying to move from oklahoma they end up moving to monticello arkansas in 2005 i know i told you about 2007 but we'll get there after he accepts a job at a local university. And I bet that local university was the University of Arkansas I at Monticello. Yeah. <laughs> Clever, right? I'm um, see it from the freeway. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I don't know what else is in Monticello. Mm, I don't mm, either. Maybe a Starbucks?
1: I don't know. i only just pass it when I'm going to Yeah, places.
0: I can't imagine there's much other. But if there's a university, there's a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. So... Um, So Rebecca had told Mark that she would move anywhere but Alaska or Arkansas. (laughs) Love, love this for her. I love that she's so honest. I want to know why not. There are other states that I will never live for better reasons, like uh, Florida. Sorry, Florida. Shut out. But (laughs) absolutely not. Um, Watch me end up in Florida one day. You might. If I ever do. Feel free to roast me, but also save me. Um, I'll laugh first. (laughs) Yeah, please do. Mm -hmm. But something changed her mind. So they were driving around Monticello, and they caught sight of an old mansion on overgrown property Mm -hmm. behind an iron fence. Sounds like a beautiful creatures type vibe, right? To me, I would think nobody wants me there. But you know what it said to her? It said, spectacular. I need to live here. So Rebecca tells Mark she would agree to the move, but only if they could live in that house. Right? Yeah. This house. So we have one problem. It's not for sale. That did not stop Rebecca Spencer. She was ready. Okay? Uh So they move into temporary housing, and then they tried to get in contact with the home's owner they had heard stories of the house being haunted by its former owners, the Allens. On hearing that they were interested in the Allen house and people would tell the Spencers like in this very matter of fact, like it's haunted, which surprises me because Arkansas is like a God fear in place and eschews the idea of the supernatural. <laughs> and I could just like see the devil is in that house. That's what I hear when it's like Arkansans are telling something is haunted. It's the devil lives in those walls.
1: But I would be intrigued
0: and I would want to go two thousand percent find out about it. I did an episode on the Arlington Hotel. I went and stayed there and tried to find a ghost and I didn't. Yeah. So now I'm like, should I go try to find this house? Like we really oh my god. We can do it Monday. (laughs) I have Monday plans now. Uh, (laughs) So this house had been rented as apartments for about 30 years, starting from the 1950s, and the residents frequently complained of noises in the attic. I had no known source. That's a sign for me to take my leave, because if I hear noises in the attic, I'm out. I don't need to know what it's about. I just know I need to leave. I don't care what the rent price is. It's time to go. This is not a wonderful start for my family. This is how Sinister Part 7 starts. But it could just be raccoons. It also could be a person living up there (laughs) ready to come down and murder me. Yeah, but it can also be raccoons or squirrels. I don't need to find out. I need to go. Okay. You know... Too many times people assume the best, and it's the worst, Mm -hmm. and that's how I die. Okay, I got you. Look, I narrate myself going to Trader Joe's, and I have Robert (laughs) Stack's voice in my head saying, and this was the last time they ever saw her, and it's me, like, walking down the stairs to Trader (laughs) Joe's. I'm not saying I have a problem, but I do have a very strong sense of surviving at Trader Joe's.
1: Maybe you have, like, a a sense that that something's going to happen.
0: I have a really bad track record in life. Okay. So, yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> you should know. And
0: we have a Trader Joe's here now, so. We should go and see if that we happens. to see what happens. Yeah. So that's Tuesday's plan. Yeah. <laughs> so, belongings would be moved around, and one resident captured the ghostly image of a woman in the background of a photo, right? And later that would become the basis of the librarian for the hit film Ghostbusters, right? Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Because it's not true, and I just said it. Oh, super gullible. <laughs> it works every time, <laughs> but doesn't it sound I like it would? I wanted to see the picture. I know, right? I wonder if the picture's available. I know, I didn't look. Um, but how hilarious would that be? Because that'd it does... be really neat.
1: But I guess the timeline doesn't really add up.
0: From the 50s for 30 years, it goes into the 80s, right? Oh, okay. And that's when Ghostbusters came out. And if you're looking for a picture of a lady who would haunt the halls and Ghostbusters haunt the library, Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, what if? (laughs) So after the building passed to the new owners in the 80s, a servant, which There were servants in the 80s. We didn't call them housekeepers or something nice. They observed Miss Liddell coming downstairs, and they quit their job on spot. Amazing. Good for them. If I saw some, like, ghostly lady coming down the stairs, and I'm supposed to clean this house.
1: During the daylight? Yeah. This happened during the
0: day? Yeah, I'm out. I don't need it. Oh, I know you're yeah. up. I don't know. I don't think it's
1: as scary if that happens
0: during the day. Yeah, but what? what's her ghostly purpose? Is she here to, like, like, why is she showing up in the daylight? Maybe
1: she's nice. She just wants to make conversation. I don't know.
0: What's she going to talk to me about? It's the 80s. Don't you want to know what it's like to be a ghost? No. Oh. Actually, that is a bold-faced lie. Yes, I do. Mm. I think I spoke about this on the previous episode. But what if ghosts had timeshares? Like <laughs> all of these famous people are supposed to haunt these places, mm-hmm. and like they can't haunt everywhere unless they have a timeshare. So maybe you could mm-hmm. like travel the world. I'm not gonna the I know, right? Finally, Mark and Rebecca hears from the owner of the Allen House, who Mark refers in a book by the pseudonym Marilyn Mansion Owner, comma Marilyn. So she calls him to arrange a visit, and when the Spencer family arrives. They saw a woman sitting on a second-story window reading a book. Everything's fine. Nothing amiss. We want the house that comes with the ghosts, please. Does it cost extra? Isn't this how Casper started? Does this house come with Bill Pullman? We need to know.
1: Or Devin Saul because he was Oh weird. my
0: god, yes! I forgot about that. That was the best part of that Casper. That was the best part. The very end. The dance. <laughs> he was real. And like... He levitated. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I mean, shout out to Christina Ricci, but Bill Pullman kind of stole the show mm-hmm. with Devin Zala. Mm-hmm. I mean, and also that like wake up routine. He used to watch that all the time as a kid. You know, it's not too late. We should watch that. later. Yeah, we can. We should. I'm going to write that down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Assuming that that in the window was Marilyn, which is not what I would have assumed because what was she wearing? Probably not clothes of this time. Uh, They paid it no mind until they went into the house uninvited. Uninvited. Mm -hmm. So then they go on a tour of the surprisingly grand and well-kept mansion. They have met Marilyn at this point. She shows them the master suite, which housed that particular window, but it was too packed with boxes and furniture to even get to the window, let alone sit at it. So not only have they met Marilyn, but then like, They're like, no one could sit there. And so that couldn't be Marilyn. So, of course, they couldn't, like, let that pass. And they told Marilyn what they'd seen. And she totally replies that the house was haunted. And she let the outside, like, get run down and, like, really look like a haunted house. And that kept people from bothering her, which is my dream aesthetic, really.
1: So, okay, I want to make sure I understand this correctly. She owns the house, but she... Does she live in the no. house? No. She doesn't live there.
0: Okay. No, she just let it get run down so people won't bother her about okay. it because she's like, it's haunted. Okay. Stop bothering me about buying this house and being shocked when there's ghosts in it. Like, OMG. Uh, okay, yeah. Okay. I got you. Right? So, it took a lot of convincing and a lot of time for Marilyn to work up, like, this emotional fortitude. But finally, in June of 2007, which is why that context was given... Mm-hmm. Uh, the Spencers moved into the Allen house, so she finally got the dream house she wanted. Overrun, really crazy, haunted house. Everyone warned them. Let's put that in the beginning. But you know what? I'd love a go-getter.
1: <laughs> I do! I need to see this house. She wanted it that bad?
0: Yeah. We're, I, it must be really... I'll show you pictures later. I'll put it on the Instagram. Yeah. Um. Very excited about this house. <laughs> okay. The ghost immediately made their presence known. So, like, Mark is carrying boxes into the house, and he saw his son, five-year-old Jacob, standing by a staircase, just staring. And so, like, I've said this before. Children are horrifying unless you expect them to be there. (laughs) Like, that is the scariest thing. You're, You're somewhere, and all of a sudden there's a child that's not supposed to be there. That every hair follicle on my head would just activate. Like, my eyebrows would stand on edge. And goodbye, right? So Jacob, like, he turns away. Mark turns away. And then he looks back and Jacob's gone. Just gone, right? A few moments later, Mark sets down the boxes. He finds Jacob upstairs watching Star Wars. Jacob says he hasn't been downstairs since lunch. Well, that's weird. Um, immediately my lunch would have been vomited, but whatever. And similar events continue to happen, like Jacob appearing in places he couldn't possibly have been, especially in the downstairs bathroom, which he and the family cat were both scared of. Which I get. Okay,
1: can I ask a question?
0: Oh, of course.
1: Okay. Jacob is the son.
0: Yes, he's one of the the
1: Spencer children. Right. And so the dad is seeing his son in places.
0: That he couldn't have
1: that the son. So he's not just seeing a, a random ghost. He's seeing his son. His son,
0: like a doppelganger. Uh-huh. He's seeing a doppelganger. Okay. Yeah, that's freaky. But they, he will see him in the downstairs bathroom, but the son and the cat are f- afraid of that bathroom. And I get that. I was irrationally afraid of my parents' bathroom in this apartment we used to live in. And also in that house that they live in. Was it Virginia? I was going to mention that, too. Okay. Also in the house in Virginia we lived in, which was, I was a weave child. Like, I was a tot when we lived in that. I remember that bathroom. But, no, the apartment bathroom, which was here in Arkansas, oh. I was scared of that bathroom. Pretty much any bathroom my parents had, I was terrified of. But it wasn't because it was my parents' bathroom. It was like always in the far back of the house and away from everything. Like Okay.
1: I don't think I ever saw that bathroom. I only saw I was only in the hallway bathroom.
0: Yeah, it's it's a That's scary I place. Know who it is. It's like in their bedroom, in their closet, Narnia bathroom. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So I get why kids are scared of bathrooms. Um they're just inherently scary. I mean, I don't know. And I feel like having three terrifying bathrooms in my life, I can get it. So Jacob himself heard a voice whispering his name and assumed it was Joshua, his brother. So Rebecca and Mark let him keep thinking that, but in the old carriage house on the property, Mark found a marble tombstone for a little boy. He was born in 1895 and died in 1900, so he was five. So how best not to scare our son? Stay in the spooky house and accept the fact that a ghost is calling his name from the beyond. Hmm. It seems like they're on board with this whole ghost mare, You know?
1: Wait, do they have a name for a kid that died?
0: I do not recall if it was named in the book. I do not recall. But regardless, they're calling their son's name, and it's not his brother. Mm-hmm. But they're letting him think that. That's it's odd parenting. Getting... Thank you. <laughs> We're going to stay here, though. <laughs> like, mm. So on the same day he found the tombstone, a friend came to visit and that friend was surprised that Rebecca answered the door so quickly because they had seen her in the upstairs window. The same friend was helping with a yard sale a few weeks later and saw Rebecca in the library when she had been in the kitchen. Okay. So the doppelganger activity had gone from Jacob, like it spread from Jacob to Rebecca. It's growing. It's like yeah, it's growing. Okay. So in addition to these Gersley sightings, Bronte Spencer, not to be confused with the Bronte sisters, uh-huh. who was their daughter, kept sensing that she was being watched by, quote, a boy, end quote, which, <laughs> and her TV would turn itself on at night. And more than once, Rebecca saw a shadow figure in the shape of a man in a cowboy hat. And I will be referring to him as Cowboy Dan. Because he's just <laughs> chilling, maybe in the carriage house. He's got no more cattle to wrangle in these parts, and he's just resting his spurs. <laughs> <laughs> That's all pure conjecture. But Cowboy dam. Okay, Cowboy Dan. That is not what they call him.
1: I've never heard of anybody seeing a ghost that had a cowboy hat on.
0: I know. Was he cute? I mean. It was just a shadowy figure. Oh. So I'm going to go with no. <laughs> He was frightening. Okay. <laughs> the ghosts of the Allen house were at the very least interested mm. in their new caretakers, if you will, because, you know, it is their house mm. and they allow the uh, Spencers to occupy it. So, on his quest to discover artifacts and memorabilia from the previous owners, Mark explored the truly creepy attic. As a dad is wont to do, right? He clearly hasn't seen Sinister. And part of what was damaged in a fire, part housed um, a lounge area where the young men of the house would just hang out, probably with cigars, and caused that fire, you know? That's my hot take, if you will. He found a torn photo of a baby that was marked Miss Liddell on the back. You've been wondering where the romance parts come in, right? Here we're going. Okay. In addition to toys and other bits and pieces of, like, things that go in an attic. I mean, I thought that it was just a movie thing. that, But apparently people really do leave things behind in houses. But if it was, like, an apartment, say goodbye to your deposit. Yeah. I mean, really. So locals were desperate to see inside the house, like, begging for tours now that the Spencers had it because, you know, Marilyn would not. Right. When the Spencers did open the house for tours, wanting to know more about the ghosts than the fine architecture, they knew that Liddell Allen Bonner had taken her life in the master bedroom at Christmas in 1948. So the lights in that room would flicker if someone in it spoke of Liddell. That's cool. Yeah, I know, right?
1: So like the Bloody Mary thing, like... You know, you go in the bathroom, turn on the yeah. lights, blah, 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 but it's like you go in this house and
0: you speak say up your her. name
1: to see what happens.
0: Yeah. Sometimes. So let's talk about Liddell's obituaries. They were kind of puff pieces accorded to the families of the rich and well connected, and made no mention of her cause of death. Only the official death certificate could provide real information. So let's talk technical here. Not only did it give Liddell's cause of death as suicide. But by mercury cyanide poisoning, she died a week after taking the fatal dose during her mother's Christmas party. That is not a peaceful death. That is a painful, long, and traumatic moment. And, like, I can't help but feel a lot of sympathy for her.
1: How do they know that she took that at a Christmas party?
0: Because that's when they found her, dying in her mother's room. I I thought you just said a week. like Yeah, you can't, like, there's no antidote. But,
1: like, was she coherent enough to say, I took this?
0: No, they they would have done an autopsy after she finally passed. And they would have found it in her system. Right.
1: I'm just curious how they knew that that's when she took it.
0: Because she was fine, went into her mother's room, took it, and then would be in the, like, they would try to keep her alive in the hospital. And it took oh, her that she long to hospital. die. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Or the, or they may not have taken her to a hospital. They may have tried to convalesce her at home.
1: Okay. Okay. I, I'm, I'm picking it up
0: now. Yeah. I, I do not know the difference, like, if one or the other happened. Because the only thing we know is from the death mm-hmm. certificate that if they tried to convalesce her at home or took her to the hospital. But they would have found the mercury cyanide from an autopsy. And it's also evident right. from... Okay. The manner of death. Like, you can tell when it's cyanide or mercury poisoning. So, uh, you can't have a haunted house in these here United States of America without at least some paranormal investigators involved, right? So, the Spencers invited Louisiana Spirits to investigate in hopes of debunking some of the strange events. Though, at this point, I think they had to be like, hmm, can you, like, debunk Cowboy Dan or something? (laughs) Some of these, like, we know we're in a pickle, but I feel like Rebecca Spencer, who really wanted to live in this house in the first place, was just like, I really love this kitchen backsplash. I just can't, (sighs) I just can't go. And I can't say anything. I live in Los Angeles and there's an unholy amount of crap I will put up with for a good rent price. Like, no shade for me. It is Monticello, Arkansas. But... What about this house? Is that good though? Like, is there a magnificent dining room wallpaper? Anyway, if you're listening into this podcast, I have to assume you've seen some sort of paranormal show and are aware of what they do. This just stirred up some more unusual activity. A branch crashed into the fuse box, shutting off the electricity. One investigator received a text that said, Urgent, I'm watching you. Which would make me crap my pants. Really? Mm-hmm. And then an EVP, which is an electronic voice phenomenon, claimed that the power outage was not a transformer. And a second round of investigators by Louisiana Spirits produced an EVP of Alan Bonner, Liddell's son, indicating he was there. Mists in the dining room and bedroom, and a total of 40 other EVPs. Oh, I think I have goosebumps. <laughs> That's a little weird. I think Liddell has something going on here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they want to know more about the ghosts that were more active under, like, you know, different weather conditions. So Louisiana spirits.
1: I just feel like Sounds like an alcoholic. I man. know, they're I was bitch. about to say. They sound like a bourbon
0: company. Yeah. Like, I feel like... I tried them at a film festival or something, and I didn't like it. Louisiana spirits returned in the winter. Rebecca had recently corresponded with the former owner's daughter, who had found Boy Bonner's love letters to Liddell in a box in the attic. She told this to the ghost hunters, who had a recorder running, and on the playback, a strong female voice responded to the mention of the letters in the attic with, they would never reveal us. Duh, duh, duh. I know, right? Okay, so one Saturday morning, Mark felt compelled to go treasure hunting in the attic, or if you will, treasure hunting in the <laughs> attic, which he hadn't done sometime because he valued his life. Mm. He told himself there were other things to be done, and that is correct, but he could not shake that feeling that he needed to go up there. When he did, he was strangely drawn to some small gap in the floorboards. Nothing unusual, something he'd stepped over probably dozens of times. But this time, he stopped to look, feeling a hand pressing him to look closer. Underneath those floorboards, he found a large brown envelope, a few smaller envelopes, and an empty rum bottle. Inside the envelopes, dozens of letters, love letters to Liddell Bonner, all signed P. (laughs) So, we're going to go to another set of contexts real quick. 1948. Let me tell you what happened. We had the Indian pacifist and leader Mahatma Gandhi, who will be murdered. Also, we shared the same birthday. Israel is uh, declared an independent state. The first Polaroid camera goes on sale. The British National Health Service Act creates the NHS. The World Health Organization, also known as WHO, was established. There was the founding of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, North Korea, took place. The US and UK begins a massive airlift of food, water, and medicine to the citizens of West Berlin following the Soviet blockade. So that was 1948. But meanwhile in Arkansas, we have Liddell Allen Bonner, daughter of prominent businessman Joe jo Lee Allen, has moved back to the Allen House with her mother. Her son, Allen, has died of pneumonia four years earlier, and her ex-husband Boyd has died in that June in Los Angeles at the age of 56. She was an alcoholic and seemingly alone, but was secretly corresponding with a man she had dated in her youth, a man who was now married. Prentice Hemingway Savage, or Savage, but I like to think Savage, <laughs> had left Liddell Allen in Monticello to seek his fortune in Texas back in 1913. But just a year later, Liddell had been swept off her feet by a pool hall operator, Boyd Bonner. And a year after that, given birth to her only son, that was Alan Bonner. Mm-hmm. The marriage didn't work out. And bought, Boyd was a drunk and a womanizer, and they divorced in 1927. Liddell's life moved on, marked by losses of her son and her younger sister, and her abandonment by a lover near the end of World War II. The surprise visit from Prentice in March of 1948 rekindled Liddell's hope, and they corresponded weekly until they were able to get away, him from his wife and her from her mother, and meet up for a couple of weeks that summer. After their romantic trip through Wisconsin, they fell more in love than ever, and Liddell was convinced that Prentice was going to divorce his wife.
1: I'm sorry their romantic trip to wisconsin
0: <laughs> i thought that too i was like was he a cheese head? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's just not my idea where i'd go but
0: okay. here's my hot take so far i just hmm i just feel like she didn't leave arkansas right and if you're in monticello you know the the pool is small it's small you could have gone to little rock on.
1: Well, and probably, it didn't matter where they went. They were together. That's all that
0: mattered. Well, I meant to find someone else. (laughs) You know? Okay. You divorced in 1927. It's been 21 years. You couldn't find someone else? But
1: I guess... He did. It must have been a big deal. Whatever they had was a big deal. And, you
0: know. I mean, she did find someone else initially. But, like... Okay, they're back together. They're in Wisconsin. The heart wants
1: with the heart
0: wants. I know, you're right. You're telling me Hallmark, and this is <laughs> shouting Hallmark. It's giving me lifetime vibes. Yeah. And I'm loving every second. This should make a movie out of this. Yeah, we haven't even gotten to the end. Yeah. All right. So there's. Wait, where did I? Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> but soon. The divorce negotiations grew difficult, according to Prentice. We don't know if they actually did. And Liddell was worried that he would be too interested in his grown stepdaughter and more no. emotionally involved in the golf season than in pursuing their relationship. That's the sign to drop him like, like a, it's hot. Not drop even like, like it's hot, drop him like he's like baby weight. I don't know. Oh,
1: it's not easy to drop,
0: baby. <laughs> like, I didn't say it was easy to drop no. her Her love for Prentice that goes back to 1913. Yeah. It ain't easy. But guess what? you going to drop it. You're going go to go. The- she didn't sound like she's the most emotionally stable. She woman. is still haunting this house. Yeah. Yeah. We're moving on. Okay. The fact that he is interested in his grown stepdaughter makes me want to yarf. That's gross. Yeah. Gross. He insisted that he did love her, and the promise to be together at Christmas was on the horizon. But tension and difficulties increased, and Prentice stopped writing altogether. His last letter was sent on December 2nd. Liddell took poison on Christmas night, and her mother, Katie, spelled C-A-D-D-Y-E, locked up her bedroom to be left untouched for decades. So her mom locked up her bedroom, where Liddell, like, took the poison, and probably subsequently died. And that room was left untouched for decades. Did
1: anybody ever ask, like, could
0: her mother have killed her? I don't think her mother had a motive. And also, the party probably was her alibi. Okay. I just wondered
1: because you said that she got
0: away from her mother. I think it was more of like a... Maybe she got away from her, as in, like, oh, I'm finally my responsibilities to my mother, I'll be back. And sh- or she was just trying to keep their relationship a secret. Yeah, okay, that's my hot take. I don't know, okay. we'll have to go and ask her. Okay, <laughs> part two, Bring your microphone. yeah, part two. We asked a ghost, it got thrown out the window. <laughs> so, the complete story of this that the Allen house and the spirits including excerpts from Liddell and Prentice's letters, is told in this book, A Haunted Love Story, The Ghost of the Allen House, by Mark Spencer. My people, I highly recommend getting the book. I didn't want to pull out the whole book and, like, put it in this episode, but there is just so much. I asked a lot of questions. I also answered it a lot. But I didn't give you everything, because this podcast randomly turned into a book <laughs> recommendation. Mark Spencer himself tells his own story, and honestly, I had a good time. I had a really good time. I leave you today with what was two love stories Rebecca with a house, and Liddell with a tragedy. Two wild rides, doppelgangers and ghouls, ghosts and scams. It's what we're here for. I feel like this story hits that haunted or naunted question, and it's up to you to make the decision. Who knew that Monticello really had something going for him? <laughs> and thank you for listening and you know subscribe and whatever platform you listen to or listen on and tweet or comment on Twitter or Instagram at Tok.fox T-A-L K A B T F C T S and to keep up with what's going on. Next week next week wait wait next week we will be back to talk about something. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks for being on here, ben. Oh, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy the love story? Did it pan out the way that I promised? It it was
1: very intriguing. I have questions, though. Do I need to read the book to get my questions answered? Oh, no.
0: Let's try your questions.
1: Well, do, you, do the Spencer's still live there? I think maybe they still in the house. Like, I just wondered if it ran them
0: off. I doubt it. That oh, no, they're backslash. profiting
1: from it. Yeah, they're doing tours and writing a book. They're making some money, and they
0: have extra kids now. Oh, I mean, imagine <laughs> having extra kids without having extra kids.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Are they real kids? No, they're um, go- they're
0: doppelgangers.
1: Can we like look this house
0: up? No, let's do it.
1: That house looks
0: ridiculous. Yeah, she was. She looked at that and was like, "I must live here." I don't blame her. That's really cool. Let's see history.
1: I bet it is a cool place to take professional photos.
0: I know, right? Yeah, that's what the book looks like. Yeah, look at this! I've never yeah, heard of those columns. Okay, I get it now, because if there were those columns, I'd have to live there, too.
1: And the gate. I mean, it really does look like something out of a movie.
0: It does. I
1: wonder, was it ever a plantation house? You said it had a carriage house. Oh, crap.
0: Maybe it was. No yeah. wonder they're haunted.